podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is a View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomoftheGiants.com. It's the 27th of March 2018. My name is Patrick Smith. The regular season is complete. The Belfast Giants with three games this week that we're going to rattle our way through and plenty of talking points all around it. We'll be looking at the league. We've got the awards dinner, a few bits and pieces to look at before looking ahead to this weekend's games against the Nottingham Panthers in the first round of the very short Elite League playoffs. Mr. Majemsey, how are you? I'm tired, Paddy. I seen it described the other day when you were talking about Joel as the tail fatigue. I think <laughs> I'm starting to get the tail fatigue. I'm hoping that this weekend the, the boys don't have it, but um, there's definite signs of it over the weekend. Yep. Um, Mr. Kitchen, how was your night last night? It was all right. Yeah, it was good crack. Um, Jasmine definitely enjoyed herself and uh, I think Chris Trill had a brilliant night. Um, he was dancing <laughs> until I think he was probably last off the dance floor. But um, look, again, you know, it's, it's one of those things where um, it's an end of season party to a certain extent for the fans as well. Good to have a, a trophy to, to cheer on this year and on some nice things said by some nice people. So, um, yeah, all good. Absolutely. I know um, it was the awards dinner last night, as you say, and uh, I got sent through the uh, the audio of the awards dinner from our good friend David McCammon to thank him for that. Unfortunately, it's been such a busy day, I haven't been able to do anything with it. We will save that and we'll use it in probably maybe next week's podcast. But uh, some nice things said, I know Robert got up and said some nice things about a view from the bridge and there's a nice response to that. So thanks to everybody for that. Let's get stuck in. Actually, that's because there's three games to cover and two games to look ahead to. And we'll start off with that game last Wednesday against the Milton Keynes Lightning. Uh, obviously, when the Milton Keynes were last in the SSE Arena, they took the points this time. Emphatically, the Belfast Giants took the points with a 10-4 win. It was the Milton Keynes Lightning who scored first, however. Kevin King scoring after a minute, or three and a half minutes. Then... Over the course of the, the rest of the period uh, and, and the second period, the Belfast Giants scored six unanswered goals. Brendan Conley and Colin Shields ran out to scoring in the first period to make it 2-1. And then the second period, two from Steve Saviano, one of those shorthanded, then David Rutherford, then Blair O'Reilly gave the Giants what was a 6-1 lead. Uh, Milton Keynes hit back very early in the third period, less than a minute and uh, the former Cardiff Devil, Danny Kearney. Scoring to make it 6-2. But then another three goals from the Giants. Rutherford, Conley and Jim Vandermeer making his return to the side. Scored before Milton Keynes once again. Lewis Hook, uh, Sylvester and then Ben Foster for the Milton Keynes Lightning. Made it 10-4. In goals, well, it wasn't a great goal for the two former Nottingham Panthers. In Mika Wiegman and Henry Passel. Uh, Wiegman played 40 minutes. Passel played 20 minutes. Overall, 42 shots. Overall, what's that, 32 saves? 42 shots, 32 saves. On the other side, Chris Trill uh, played 51 minutes, 30 seconds, got 27 shots, 25 saves. And Andrew Dixon, 8.5 minutes, 7 shots, 5 saves. Uh, your two referees were the same two referees that refereed the last time uh, against Milton Keynes, Andrew Dalton and Matt Rose. Um, 
I don't know where to go with this. I'll start. There's there's a real uh, there is a real talking point which we'll come to in a second, which happened at the end of the game. But Simon, I'll start with you. Ten four emphatic. It was. I mean, I know they get off there. Uh, they actually play well for the first eight or twelve minutes, um, and then that was more or less it. Well, the goals they got after that were mistakes and maybe a bit of um, lack of coverage by us, uh, but. You know, we, we, we dominated, absolutely dominated. Great to see Jim Vandermeer back, even though it was a short stint. Um, but, uh, you know, there were some good performances and some nice playing. I mean, the, the goal, uh, there was a couple of goals that were game nice, pretty well-worked goals. And um, I think we've got a couple of power play markers. Uh, but again, it, it was good, good reaction after the previous weekend. And, and uh, I mean, even it's a week ago or nine, six days ago, and it's feels like an age ago. And this was the game that was, Cancelled due to the beast from the east coming in. So um, overall, dominant performance, two points, and uh, we uh, we looked in good stead moving on to uh, the weekend against Cardiff. The uh, there actually wasn't any power play goals in that says there was one short handed goal from Steve Saviano, but Davy, uh, all the goals come in five on five. Otherwise, I think there was maybe one four on four, but yeah, all even strength yeah, goals. Even strength, um, I, th- I think that. Um, up until maybe what well, says uh, uh, you were watching it. I was only watching it on the TV. Like says, but up until about half an hour, we're leading three one. It wasn't dead and buried. It wasn't like we were all over. We had a goal, not disallowed, not given. Um, that was that was over the line. Goal line technology. Another bugbear. Been a complete bust, hasn't it? Really. Um, all, all around the league, not just in Belfast. There's been a couple of times in Belfast that hasn't been used correctly or or working right or whatever. But um. You know, up until that, th- that could have went against us if they had scored 3-2. Suddenly it's a different game. We've gone up, we've scored that short-handed goal, gone 4-1, and really from then we've kicked on quite well. Um, I think that the injury going into that third period third period was taking the foot off the gas, as we have been liable to do over this last, like our last 15 games form has been shocking. Let's be quite honest about it. It's been... Mm-hmm. It's been poor since the tail end of January. You know, I think I'd have, you know, I don't even want to talk about how many games we've lost since then. But, um, you know, we have a tendency to take the foot off the gas whenever we're in commanding positions. And, and we kind of did that a little as well in the third period, but um, with, a, with a comfortable enough lead at that stage. It says a little bit about, you know, we're always talking about the parity of this league and how close it is top to bottom, but I'm not sure that's the case whenever you can win by 10, get beat by 8, and then go and win 8 all, you know, within a number of days of each other. Although that says more maybe about... It's the end of the season, though, isn't it? It's the end, end of the season. season nobody's and, really, and, and, in those games, nobody's really playing for anything. Yeah. You know, but uh, what, we'll, what we'll do is, because obviously, as you say, David, is pretty emphatic and it's just racking up and you don't want to see you don't want to see a team being embarrassed too much but listen let's let's cut to the chase and get right to the very end of this game uh in the end of the, the end of the third period and there was well i asked uh earlier on on twitter regards to we're going to be talking about dops and what jingle they wanted and uh this is the one they voted for dops 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 Dops. 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 Yep. Uh, the Dops was employed for the incident that took place at the end of the game between Jim Van der Meer and Francis Verla Paul. Um, both guys getting two games each, Davey. Uh, give us your assessment of what took place. Um... 
I don't think either player should have had a two-game ban. Um, I think that if EP got what he deserved for for his um, his couple of stick infractions, he got a couple of digs in the bake. It should have just been left at that for me. You know, Vandy's put in a, a perfectly legal hit, a few seconds left in the game. He's taken a stick to, let's call it the midsection, and he's reacted and he's cross-checked him. For me, it's... Dobbs has said he's cross-checked him in the head. Not for me. I, I don't see it. I don't see the head contact. And that's not me with the, the old tail specs on. I just don't see it. Maybe they've got another angle they're not putting out, but the angle they put out and said, you know, blatant check the head or whatever it was, I don't see it in that angle. But anyway, um, the guy goes down and then tomahawks Vandy in the head with a stick when he's on the deck. So, you know, you do that. As I think says, use the term, don't rattle the bear, you know, and he, he took a couple of couple of digs in a bake for it and uh, I thought that was going to be that. I couldn't see that um, it was a game penalty, let alone a, you know, a, a five plus game. Um, so disappointed for, for both players that they've, they've taken four games worth of suspensions. I, what was just a sort of minor incident? Says? I think it was a pretty shit call. Uh, both referees are right there. Um, you know, does Davey say it was a legal hit coming in from Jimbo? All right, it's a 10-4 game, and he's laying that hit with three seconds to go. This is a guy who's been out for a long time. He's testing his body to make sure it's working okay. Um, Vero Paul, as I say, Davey's you know, 100% correct. He's, he's um, jabbed in the, in the, in the midsection. Jimbo's had him a couple of rattles in the head. And, and um, honest to God, the re- if the referees have put a report in about that, which led to those four-game suspensions, then those they, the referees need suspended because it's absolutely ridiculous. This is getting laughable. Dops has come in uh, in the middle of October after the incident uh, with Freder and Spiro Galakos, and it's getting back to the stage now where it was before the incidents when Lyle Sites was taking responsibility for these uh, viewings or these uh, videos, in my opinion. Are you, um, are you sorry to cut across there, says, are you sort of intimating there that you don't believe Lyle Sites is involved in it anymore? Yeah, I do, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think he's people feel that way. Yeah, I feel that way too. I don't think he's looking at them. I think he's maybe looking at, at one more share. If there was another incident like the one when um, when Freder jumped Spiro from behind and, and attacked him, then yes, I think he'd probably get the, the chance to look at that. But I don't think he's looking at these. Absolutely not. Um, you know, the incident for that, being called for a two plus five plus game, at worst it's two plus two. Two for cross-check and two for roughing. That's it. Um, you know, Andy Dalton and wasn't it Hogarth? No, it was Matt Rose. I'm at Rose, you know, in fairness, Matt Rose didn't really do anything in that game. Um, but Andy Dalton calling that penalty himself. Um, and I'm not even going to listen to the excuse. I know he listens to the show and I'll probably get a text about it going, you're a bit tough on me. I don't think it was. I think it's bang out of the order. If he's put the report in saying that, in his opinion, it's a, it's a two plus five plus game, which is the penalty that he gave. It's absolute boom. There's no way that's a two plus five plus game. And to get a two game suspension on top of that, it's 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 embarrassing. Like this is going to stop players coming to this league. The standard of officiating in this league is laughable at times. Yes, you know we we do give them a bit of flack, but if they're having a good game, I'm the first one to say it on our webcast. You know, do you know what these guys have had a good game tonight? Hundred percent. I have no issue with that whatsoever. But there's more incidents that happen, and again that that one last week, Vero Paul. See, to be honest with you. If I knew that I was going to, if I was in Jim Vandermeer's shoes and I knew that I was going to get two plus five plus game on a two game suspension, I'd have been lifting your man Vero Paul up and punching the crap out of him and making it worthwhile getting a two game suspension. 
And I genuinely bent him over the net and pummeled the life out of him. Grant <laughs> over. Well, okay. Well, obviously, then that puts Van Der the games again, the, the games, the subsequent games against Cardiff and Dundee, which we'll talk about in a second. Leading into the playoffs or the playoffs, is there anything to be said that that being a good thing, a bit of extra rest, or do you want him playing those games, Davey, to to get his legs in? I know, I'm sure Vandy, after sitting out for the length of time he had, would want to be dialed in much, much more for for coming into what you've already said. Paddy's an incredibly short playoff. Your playoffs could be two two games long. Mm-hmm. You know, Vandy would want to. He looked good. Now. He, he was skating freely. He was showing a real good turn of pace at times. I think. Um, Mark Garside was surprised a couple of times with just the pace Vandy was coming up ice with at and uh you know, it done well, he's on the on the points as well. So it's one of them. He'll have been disappointed to miss out. Cardiff would have been a good test for him. You know, I think that Belfast Giants would have played a lot better with him in the team. And then maybe Dundee, you know, you, you see how he reacts to the two games in three or four days and decide whether to play him on Dundee and Sunday or not, actually. But for me, I think that Vandy would have wanted to play, and I think if Kiefer could have had him in the lineup, well, yes, you know, if Vandy's available, you want them in your lineup every day of the week. Did he play? Did he play in Cardiff at all this season? Away in Cardiff, there's, I felt no. like he was suspended for a couple of games that, at the start of the season that we played in Cardiff, and then he was injured, and now he's been suspended again going into Cardiff. I don't think he played at Arena Wales at all this season. I think you're right, Paddy. To be honest, I think you're 100 percent right. He certainly didn't play in the Challenge Cup finals, you know. Um, but the uh, again for me, I think you're right, David, with regards to um, the saying about you know he wanted to play. I know they wanted to play. I know that he wanted to get three games under his belt heading into the playoffs. Um, that wasn't to be. And honestly, I just couldn't believe that the, the two games suspended. I couldn't believe the five plus game. Honestly, it, it's an embarrassing call. Um, and it's uh, it, it, I had a chat with a couple of players last night at the awards dinner. Who we, we want to come back next year, um, and we're trying to just you know put positive thoughts in their in their head. And one of them said to me that uh, the 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 way the ref of the game is officiated here is put, would would put players coming off would put sorry would put players off coming to play in this league. Absolutely no doubt. How do you combat that? Because that's been the case for investment, <laughs> up investment. Get guys in to help them. They need the support. Yes, they've had, you've went from three to four. Is it helping? Yes. I, I definitely believe it is helping. But having two guys who, I mean, Andy Dalton and, John, and Matt Rose have had, for argument's sake, 25 games between them in experience at this level with the armbands on. Yeah, but we, we brought that up with, we brought that up with Dalton a couple of weeks ago and the fact that there's just not the people in the, 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 the there are situations and Davey, Davey spoke up for them at that point saying there okay. are situations to put these lads in that position. Okay, then you have Tom Darnell and Stefan Hogarth they are supposed to be two of the more experienced referees. They refereed four games together last week, two mm-hmm. in Belfast. I think they did the Cardiff game on the Sunday yeah, and then they did Nottingham on the, on the Wednesday. So you've got those two guys who are two of the most experienced referees in the league Joe Hogarth's been doing it for probably three or four seasons now, Tom Darnell longer than that, and split them up. Split them up and put them with, with a guy who's coming through the ranks and learning yes. to do it at this level. Four games in a week, they refereed together. David? I can't disagree with what Simon's saying there. And, you know, we, we had the three man system in Cardiff on, on um, it was Saturday night. 
and the, the the difference you can see how much the ref was missing because there's so much going on. Players are cute, you know. Players know that there's there's a good chance they're not going to get caught on. There was a lot of stuff going on off the puck behind the play, and you know, I think it was Hogarth again on Saturday night. I'm just look at my don't have my sheet open there. I think it was Hogie again on Saturday night there, and he missed an awful lot. And you know, you could you could say that's a criticism of him, but he doesn't have eyes in the back of his head, and players have to take a responsibility whether to make it easy for a ref or not. And on Saturday night at times, referees or players made it hard, and he had a he made a couple of guesses. That's that's a thing that annoys me about refs. Refs shouldn't be guessing on calls. No. Um, you know, call what you see. If you don't see it, you can't call it. That's why we need a four man system. So you you double your chances of seeing what's going on off the puck. Yeah, I think you're 100 percent right. And again, you know, you can't really criticise um, the referee in that that situation because again, they don't have eyes in the back of their head. We understand that it's a difficult job to do. And you keep on saying that without them, there's no game. So when there is four sets of eyes on the ice, and I mean, it's like the incident a couple of weeks ago um, where Darnell and I think it was Hogarth was refereeing the game. And the only person that seemed on the ice was uh, Vitas. He called it. Um, it was the, I think it was that incident regarding Martinelli. Um, there was a high stick in there, an elbow in the head of Martinelli. And they only called a two minute high stick and call or two minute elbow and call. But it was a two plus ten all day long. So when you've got guys out there, again, you're 100 percent right. You, if you don't see it and you're guessing that the guys went over, um, and if, if, you know what? If the guys actually cheating to get the penalty, they're taking a dive or you know faking an injury or faking um, you know making an embellishment. Do you know what? They need to be they need to be something coming off the back of that when the game's reviewed or if it's reviewed, which I doubt very much the way things are going. But um, now you're talking you know, about now you're, ta- now you're talking about re-refereeing games. This now you're talking now you're, talk, now you're talking about like what we've talked about. If if he's if he's done that and done and he hasn't been caught for it, then you can't go back and re-referee a game based on the fact that you think he should be done for it. Well, well I'm st- I'm still sorry, Pat, Davey, go ahead. I'm still a bit quizzical about the review on um, Vandy. Because That's exactly minutes. what I was about to jump is, in with. Is it two plus five plus ten, or is it a two-minute penalty for cross-checking, five-plus game for fighting, and which point, at which point can you review the cross-check? Because he didn't get anything for the fight. No. Nothing nothing for right. punching the guy on the ice at all. He got the two minutes for cross-checking on the head, and as I've said already, I don't see it. Show me the angle. I, I just I just don't see it. And to me, that was kind of re-refereeing, because the, have, they, have they said then that the five-plus game for fighting was just done, that was fine. There, there is no other angle, David, unless they looked at the plexiglass like they did five years ago <laughs> um, and took a reflection through the plexiglass. There is no other angle with that on it. He did not cross-check him in the head. That was re-refereed. And again, pointing out that the referee was wrong. That's what they're doing. Okay, let's move on. Um, well, just before you do, Paddy, the, you know, the, the responsibility, we've, we've given Dalt plenty of criticism there for for getting what we believe was the call wrong. He was quite close to the incident, but it happened over his shoulder. He's probably tracking the puck. He has to get help from his other referee there, or he Agreed. has to get help from his linesman. Well, that's There's a good point, four actually. Set, four sets of eyes on yeah. that incident, and to me, they got it wrong. So it, it, you can't put the blame on one guy. It's a four-man team out there. I'm, I did say... It's a, it's, it's, oh, I did sorry, just can, if I... If I just say, because it's a really good point, because the, uh, who was it now? I'm just flicking forward here to see somebody in the game against Dundee, was it? Got, uh, I'm trying, I'm looking at the penalties to see what it was. It was Kevin Rain. Kevin Rain at the end of the first period got a cross checking 
and I'm not like it was called Dolce was right. I think it was Dolce was on that. Right, was on uh, was that Hogarth was the trailing referee. He was a mile away, and he calls it cross checking for something that looked like just like a push in the back. So I don't know. Is there, is there a happy medium to be struck there? Says. I, I, I want to go back to the first part. Davey said about we're giving Dolce flack. Yes, I've given Dolce flack, and I, I think he got it wrong. But Matt Rose did not help in that game. So, but with regards. Sunday's situation mm-hmm. and the cross-checking penalty, you're 100% right again. To be, I called it, or sorry, Paddy, I called it on the day. Uh, Hogarth called it from 120 feet away with directly behind. He was looking at an angle directly behind uh, Kevin Rain. And when I looked at it again, it did look more of a shove than a cross-check. Mm. It's so odd. Anyway, listen, let's 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 move on because we, we I'm sure this will be a, a topic that may pop up again we'll move on to Saturday's game at Ice Arena Wales obviously the last time we were in Ice Arena Wales happier times this time and he had one defeat um, running through a Joey Martin power play goal in the first period in the second period Jake Marset in the power play Justin Farina and then Matt Pope rounding it to score in a 4-0 after two periods Drew Paris made a 5-0 Andrew Hotham in the power play made it 6-0 Darcy Murphy got one back for the Belfast Giants but Leonard Ulmer and then Paul Crowder rounded off the scoring at 8 1. Uh, goals Chris Trould, 36 shots, 28 saves. Ben Bounds, 32 shots, 31 saves. Only one referee, Stefan Hogarth. I believe it may, um, Smitty got injured or something like that. It reduces to a three man system. Um, Davey, uh, you were there. Um, performance in a dead rubber. Two and a half hour drive to get there, hour and a half to get back. 12 quid to get across the bridge. I wish I hadn't spent the money because I put in a lot more effort than a lot of other people did. Simon? I watched the game on Ice Tank TV. Uh, always enjoy their coverage. Uh, end of the second period, switch it off and went to bed. You can get the highlights of that game from Ice Tank TV on YouTube. Uh, on to Sunday. And we took on the final reg- game of the regular season, the Dundee Stars. Uh, Dundee, well, they were already out of the playoff hunt and this is their final game of the season. Uh, they put up a good fight, uh, but the Belfast Giants ultimately won out 8-5. Blair Riley scoring after 10 minutes. Sebastian Sylvester with his first of the night and Darcy Murphy made it 3-0. Sebastian Sylvester's fourth of the night, still in the first period, made it 4-0 into the second period. And Johan Anderson. Got one back for Dundee before Spiro Galakos. Both those goals on the power play, by the way. And that made it 5-1 into the third period. And it was a bit tit-for-tat in regards to goal scoring. But the Giants, as I said, ultimately won out. Uh, Nielsen scoring for Dundee on the power play before Furland got one. And then Conley got another. Uh, and then Jordan Kearney with the goal before Sebastian Sylvester rounded off his hat-trick. The final two goals coming in the final two minutes. For the Dundee Stars, Johan Anderson with the second of the game and Cody Carlson making it 8-5. Uh, goalkeepers, Craig Holland. Uh, Sheephead, I believe his name was uh, was called, uh, says, was that right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, or Sheepdog, was it, or something like that? Anyway, Sheepdog, yeah. Sheepdog. The uh, 45 shots, 37 saves. At the other side, Mr. Andrew Dixon, 22 shots, 17 saves. And your two referees were Stephen Hogarth and Andrew Dalton says last game of the season. Um Dicko did alright. He did okay. We, we you know we didn't give him the support in the third period. Um I mean they I, I think they beat us in the third period, four three, wasn't it? Yeah, they did. Uh, um, you know, so we didn't give him much support in the third period. 
he made a couple of good saves. And to be honest with you, um, I mean, Sheepdog pulled off a number of wonder saves. Like, um, he played a really, really good game for Dundee uh, with 45 shots. I know we couldn't have scored the eight goals, but it could have been a lot more. And um, and he put on a really good performance. Both Garside and I was really impressed with him. Um, but good to see, you know, scoring the eight goals again. I mean, eight goals at home. There are 10 of the previous Wednesday. Um, I was just looking past the last 11 games. You know, we're, we're not certainly not going to score eight goals every game. Um, but when we're conceding 4.5 goals a game for the last 10 games, you're going to lose more games than you win. And that needs to be tightened up for this weekend. You know, it's one thing where, you know, we're playing with five day. It's, it's a lot tougher. Obviously missing, uh, Colin Shields again on, on, uh, he picked up a bit of a niggle. So he missed the game on, on Sunday night. Uh, good to see Toy getting rewarded with a lot of regular ice time playing with Connolly and, um, and Sylvester. Uh, so, you know, it was good to see that. And, and then again, young Adam Robinson and both Stevie Eccles got a couple of shifts as well. So good to see, you know, Adam Keefe rewarding the guys coming on the ice and, and, uh, you know, doing their best. But it's, uh, it's a game where you'd be expected to win it. Uh, they've had a couple of results against us season. Always good to see Omar Pasha in the building. And, uh, um, you know, the, 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 eight, the eight result was, was justified, but again, could have been a lot better defensively. I think that's the the headline from it, Davey, isn't it? It's the fact that those five goals went past us when we're trying to sort of build ourselves up to a player from. Yeah, it's just um, a bit lackadaisical at times. Certainly in that in that last period, there just wasn't the hustle required that uh, just to get back. It was kind of a well, if they score the score, we've got a we've got a bit of a cushion here, you know. And, and Simon's right, over four and a, what is it, four and a half goals a game or something, Simon, over the last, yeah. and you know, over the course of the season, nearly three and a half goals. So you know. We've got statistics are to, to back up that we're going to probably have to score eight goals against Nottingham over the course of the weekend here to go to the playoff finals. So it's um, it's something we can do. But it's look, it, it was a, a comprehensive enough victory in that I think that if we needed to even step on another gear on Sunday, we could have. We were we we played okay at times. We we played as I say a bit loosey goosey to you know all Walter you know. At times as well, but ultimately we came up with a good. You know, I think Seb is four points in the night ends up tying the regular season points with Conley on the on the on the night for the season eighty eight points each. So you know, flat track bully. I don't know. <laughs> That's an interesting way to put it. the. Uh, Says you know we'll we'll come to talk about the Nottingham Panthers games and the fact that that's who we're going to face in the press. The but the overall approach to this game, do you think it was like we have to perform? Obviously, at the start of the game, we had the unveiling of the Challenge Cup banner, so obviously we're already setting up the crowd to the fact the performance going forward strong. But how do we how do we start to tighten up at the back? Defense starts with the forwards, you know. It looked on on Sunday that everybody just wanted to get points. Um, you know, there are a lot of guys jumping up into the play, um, being aggressive and, and trying to uh, join the rush. And, and it was yes, so it's, it's all good and well when things are going well and you're you're taking a four 0 lead or five 0 lead, whatever it was. Um, but you know they they got one back, and then you know even in the third pair they scored a couple of really good goals. And uh, for us, it's it's about being a, a, a group. It's about defending as a team. Uh, going forward as a team, supporting your goaltender, uh, working hard, winning the battles along the boards. We, we did that in the first period. Second period, we sort of took our foot off again. And, and um, it's getting to the stage where, as I say, it's it's two weeks and the guys can take as much time as they want off. 
you know, take six, eight, ten weeks off and then get ready for next season. Whoever, whether you're staying in Belfast or whether you're moving on, four games, it's all we're looking for in the line. Four games. Yeah, ultimately you technically only need to win three of them. Um, but you need to, you need to win. And you, every player will want to get to the playoff finals. I mean, Steve Saviano had a chat with him last night. Um, and he says it's one of the best experiences. Um, you know, the final four weekend is the best experiences and he's had in his career, even though he didn't win. He thought the weekend was great and thought that the, um, you know, the atmosphere around the, the NIC with all those different fans, uh, fan bases in it was fantastic. So, um, he wants to get there. Uh, I'm sure there's other guys in that dressing room who want to get there, but it does look, there's a couple of them have switched off already and that's disappointing. Um, uh, you know, you, you play until you, uh, your season's over. Our season isn't over yet. The highlights of that game, I'm just having a look here to see what, but yeah, the highlights of that game are available. Belfast Giants TV, just like the ones against the MK Lightning from Wednesday night, Belfast Giants TV. The league table, after 56 regular season games, I think most people have seen it, but I've been quickly running through it. The Cardiff Devils uh, get that first seed for the playoffs, 85 points. Uh, Manchester Storm, 75 points in second. And then the Sheffield Steelers and the Nottingham Panthers, both on 71 points. The Sheffield Steelers with one more, uh, oh, sorry, no, with, with, uh, with seven more regulation wins than Nottingham Panthers puts them in third. Belfast Giants finished the regular season in fifth place. Guildford in sixth, sixth with 69 points and Fife in seventh with 68. Coventry Blaze, well, they won the battle to re- make the playoffs. And they finished with 55 points in 8th place. Brayhead Clan, 54 points in 9th. Dundee Stars, 48 points in 10th. Milton Keynes Lightning, 42 points in 11th. And the Edinburgh Capitals with only 11 points from the season in dead last place. I know that they've released recently, uh, the Edinburgh Capitals recently released uh, information that they're going to restructure. Um, we'll see where that goes. Um, regards to just looking at that league table from Sheffield, Sheffield in 71, Nottingham 71, Belfast in 70, Guildford in 69, and Fife on 68. So that's three points covering, what, one, two, three, four, five teams. Um, we got a question in on the TFA from our good friend, Davey, in, uh, in Kenny Bickerstaff. Uh, as I flick to it here, he says, fifth by an inch or a mile ain't good enough, lads. Despite all the positivity of the Challenge Cup, how does the coach get consistency across those 50 plus games? Is it injury cover, tighten defence, or just better discipline that is needed? A little bit of everything, Paddy. I think we, we put all our eggs in the Challenge Cup basket. You know, once we'd qualified for that final, it was a, it was a massive focal point for us. And, you know, since sort of, Middle of, middle of the late January, you know, 20, last 20 games, we've been less than 500. And, and for a team of the Belfast Giants roster, that's not good enough. You know, we've, we've dropped games to Manchester, or credit to Manchester for, for going on their season, but we've dropped games to them. We've dropped games to Capitals, Milton Keynes, Brayhead, you know, teams that, there's three teams that haven't qualified for the playoffs. We've dropped, you know, there's, there's six points and we've, we've lost out of second or third place by three. You know, it's, it's, it's disappointing. Our discipline at times has been, has been shocking over the course of the season and there's, there's little times that it, it, it sort of rears its head again. There's, there's been players that got a lot of, um, stick, Spiro, especially, who's, who's really tailored his game, but there's, there's other players there that have, have got stick and haven't learned. Um, injuries, I'm not really going to buy into the injury one. We're, we're going to be no more, no less injured than, than any other team, really. You know, everybody goes through their adversity. So, 
you know, we, we, we carry an extra import, unfortunately, at times. It's the suspensions that has, has killed us over the course of the season. And obviously, our goaltender going down at the very start of the season is probably, for me, we've missed Vandy a hell of a lot because he's, he's the premium D-man in the, in the league. And we've missed Stephen Murphy. Jackson Whistle's had a superb season, but he's been asked to carry an awful lot of load. And I think that's that's got to him in the last sort of six, eight weeks of the season. That that's that's came on top of him. So, you know, th- those two misses and and you know, I know I'm a bit of a fanboy and all, but we've missed Garsh at the back there as well. You know, you can't replace a, a British guy that goes down injured. And unfortunately for Gary, he's you know, he's took that that injury again, surgery, hopefully back in the in the new season. But you know, when you miss players of that caliber of of, of Vandy and, and Murph and, and Garside, you know, you're you're up against it. But we came through that lo- ro- long road stretch and we were in good position. We I remember doing podcasts early in the season saying first of January, we need to be in touching distance. And if we are with that big home stretch to rely on, and we got ourselves in we position. Were. And we just we we threw it away. I think through sub subpar performances. Says like over the last few weeks and months, not just us but others as well, described the Giants with Cardiff as being one of the top two teams in the elite league this season. Now we finished the regular season in fifth place. Can that claim still be reconciled with that fact? No, with the fifth best team. That's the easiest way to look at it. We our consistency, uh, our our discipline was disappointing this year. Um, you know, Davey touched on there about so many people saying about Spiro's discipline, but you know, since the turn of the year, he's been outstanding, absolutely outstanding. Uh, he's he's dialed in. He, I think he's been uh, arguably our best team man since uh, since the turn of the year. And and you know, yes, he, you know, again, it's bad decisions and and bad discipline. You can't all blame it on the referees for uh, for some of the penalties he took uh, and and lack of discipline, I should say. Sorry. But, um, you know, we finished fifth for a reason. We didn't win enough games. We didn't, uh, you know, we didn't push, uh, down the stretch after, I think, I mean, obviously the, the double header against Cardiff at the SSE was, um, probably a pivotal point where, um, if we're, if we're honest with ourselves, that's probably when we lost, uh, track of, of being able to put the pressure on the Cardiff Devils. Um, two weeks later, we were beat at home by Milton Keynes in Edinburgh in a weekend. So, Again, for me, uh, we're, we're on our day. We're capable of beating absolutely every team in this league. If everything clicks in, we've got good goaltending. Uh, we stay disciplined. Uh, we we play as a unit. Then yes, I'd be very confident uh, of beating absolutely anyone in this team, this league. But you finish fifth in the reason for for fifth in this the league for a reason, and that's because that's where your points have ended up. So. No, we're not the second best team in the league, in my I, opinion. I think, Paddy, just to go yeah. back on that, I think that, um, you know, Simon said there, on our night, we were probably the best five-on-five team in the league. Uh, and on our night, we were able to compete with anyone. And I think some of the best games to watch for for our fans, for Cardiff fans, and for any neutrals about the league, or for fans of other teams, were the Cardiff-Belfast games. Um, the, the two teams went at each other like two heavyweight boxers had good goaltending, good defence, good forwards mix of everything and I still stand by that five on five we were a very good team but we just didn't get the consistency on a regular enough basis certainly in the last two months of the season 
I'm going to correct you to say the five on five. We are still a very good team because it's still with these four games that we're going to come up in the playoffs. I think there's just still a, a, still a phenomenal chance there to pick up another piece of silverware. Well, the thing about it is, as well, the most fr- frustrating thing for me, just looking at this league table, is the fact that we finished behind Nottingham and we finished behind Sheffield because head to head, are we better than those two teams? Yes. Without a shadow of a doubt, we're a better we're a better team than the Sheffield Steelers and a better team than the Nottingham Panthers. I think the head to head the head to head comparison in the Airhead Conference proves that we finished what six points ahead of Sheffield. We finished eight points ahead of Nottingham. We've a winning record over both those teams. It's the games against everybody else. It's the slip ups that we had against everybody else that has put us in that position. And and there's a real frustration there, Davy. Yeah, and I think that uh, you know, give Adam Keefe his his dues here. He he will learn from this. It's his first year as a coach. I know that as an organisation, we demand success. We've been fed success for for many many years, and, and of course, this trophy that he won this season is fantastic for him and his rookie season. But I think he will learn so much from this season about those games that we dropped this season, um, about the games against the likes of Edinburgh that you can't lose at home. No. That you can't lose away, and and you know those games will not get dropped next season. He will re-recruit. He will recruit different guys that won't drop into those bad habits that allow those performances to happen. Says, agreed. You know, it's uh, uh, I, Adam can't. Well, as a coach, well, you're whatever sport you're in, you can't really affect the game a hell of a lot once the puck's dropped, and. You know, being out there, yes, you can call your time out and try and g the guys up, but it's the it's the effort or lack of effort being put in by the guys on the ice that win and lose your hockey games. Um, you know, you've had, as you say, we've lost against every other team in the league this year. Um, our our five on five, as Davis Paddy pointed out, is, is at times has been it's been fantastic to watch. I've been lucky enough to to have to call a lot of the games at the. Of all the games at the SS Arena, but um, it's for me, it's it's about the consistency. And when you're going into, you've got teams that, that with the greatest respect, uh, Milton Keynes, um, you've got Dundee, you've got Edinburgh, um, even Brayhead coming into Belfast. I mean, Brayhead have been awful this year, and uh, it's great to see them missing the playoffs. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, they should not be beating us in our own barn. Um, and I think, as I, I agree with David, I think Adam will learn from this. Um, and but again, the players have got to take responsibility. Adam always takes, as a good coach always does, he always tries to take the the uh, the negative results on the chin and say that's my fault for not preparing these guys and it's not doing this. Do you know what? As a professional athlete, if you're not prepared to go into a game, whether it's against Edinburgh, whether it's against the, or the Cardiff Devils, or whether it's against the Edmonton Oilers, it's absolutely irrelevant. And you're being paid to go out there and do your very very best. And at times this year. We haven't got the very best from every individual player at the time. Says, you know, like, you just need to look back the last weekend. I know we don't want to sort of harp back to Cardiff. You look at the players and the effort of some of them at times. That game, okay, we fired nearly 40 shots and Ben Bounds, but, you know, for me, we didn't skate anywhere near hard enough for the, the, the ability that those players have. And then some of them come out on Sunday night like it's game seven of the Stanley Cup final. I'm not the no, dead rubber against Dundee. I'll fill my boots here. I'll get my points racked up today. I didn't get any last night, but I'll get a whole pile tonight. You know, it's not it's not good enough. But you know, it, it is also difficult when you're you know you're dead rubber and 
as you say, the disappointment that the, the league's over, but we are supposed to be trying to... Momentum is a big thing in hockey, and we're supposed to be trying to build a little bit for the playoffs, and we're going in a little bit flat. Let's... Um, yeah, I think well, I want to come back to that we could, when we talk about Nottingham later in the show, but let's let, let's fire ahead. We want a quick chat about last night's awards dinner. Um, or it wasn't a dinner, awards presentation. <laughs> the... Uh, that took place. Was it Shawsbridge? Well, they Plaza Shawsbridge. Crown Bridge, yeah. Plaza The uh, the awards that were handed out that night. The uh, the official supporters club juniors and adult members both voted for Jackson Whistle as their player of the year. Defenseman of the year was Ran Martinelli. Uh, forward of the year, Sebastian Silvestre. Leading scorer was Sebastian Silvestre on eighty eight points, though that was level with uh, with uh, Brendan Connolly. But I think that Silvestre took that award based on a, a tiebreaker of goals scored, which, well, controversial. Fans' favourite, Spiro Galakos. President's Award, in honour of Jim Gillespie, was Blair Riley. And a, a special recognition award for Dick Gordy Cameron for his work. Uh, unsung hero, Brandon Benedict. Players' Player of the Year, Jonathan Ferland. Coaches' Player of the Year, John Kurtz. And the MVP was Steve Saviano. There was also a special presentation to Jeff Mason, who had become the highest scoring defenseman for the Belfast Giants and the main award of the evening was the View from the Bridge Player of the Month award sponsored by Phonacab which went I'm sure as everybody knows to the wonderful Ethan McLean who had an outstanding month um, we'll come back and chat these in a second we've got a few interviews you'll hear from the first of all you hear from Spiro Galakos Steve Saviano uh, a few uh, reveling fans from the evening uh, the chairman of the Odyssey Trust Eric Porter and then we'll hear from Adam Keefe. Spiro Galakos, the fans' favourite uh, award winner. Um, and that's, it's, again, it's being voted by the fans, so it is something special. Yeah, definitely a big honour. Obviously, uh fan base here is pretty passionate about the team. And, uh, you know, a lot of guys have different personalities and stuff on the team. And, you know, a lot of great guys, so it's definitely an honour to win an award like this. It's been a season full of ups and downs for yourself. Obviously, a few suspensions thrown in there. A couple of games out injured as well. Can I, can I ask you your view on the officials? And, and without getting you into trouble, but compared to North America, it's, it's a little bit more stringent here compared to uh, the NCAA and uh, AHL? Yeah, it's, they definitely need to look at the officiating in this league, I'd say, and take a long, hard look at it. Obviously, they made a move with Dobbs, which I think you know, a step in the right direction, but there's still a lot more to be done. I just think the hockey culture is relatively new here in the UK, and the refs don't quite understand the culture of the game, so they kind of have a hard time judging certain plays and stuff. And I don't know, I guess they'll get better. It's something to look at, though, moving forward. Um, since the season's gone on and on and on, from the 1st of January, you've you've really uh, kicked in, and uh, there's Ram Martinelli looking for you as well. Uh, you've really kicked in, and your form since then has been absolutely outstanding, in my opinion. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a good stretch. Obviously, uh, you know, adjusted to the bigger ice surface. And I mean, you mentioned Ryan Martinelli. You can't say enough about him. He he does the dirty work for me and allows me to play my game. And, and you know, and and kind of focus on contributing offensively because he's doing the things that kind of go unnoticed. So it's been a great partner to have all year. And uh, obviously, we have a lot of weapons up front that you know makes it easy to contribute offensively. And moving into next weekend, uh, this weekend, sorry, you've got Nottingham Panthers Friday on Sunday. Uh, obviously, we're concentrating Friday, first of all. Feeling good? Yeah, feeling good. Obviously, uh, we've been kind of up and down, a little inconsistent as of late, but 
I mean, like everyone's mentioned, I mean, our team, when it, you know, when push comes to shove, uh, not a better group of guys to go to war with. Steve Zaviano, uh, second year as a giant, uh, Challenge Cup champion, and now named MVP uh, by the fans. Um, it's always good to get an award from uh, from the Belfast Giants fans. Oh, absolutely. To be recognized by the fans. and I try to put my heart on the ice every night, and um, for them to see that and appreciate that, it feels great, for sure. Second season, as I say, um, you've got your schooling more or less done now as well. Um, we've got a few weeks left for that, and, and still another trophy up for grabs. Yeah, it's, it's an exciting time of year. It's a crazy time of year, to be, to be honest with you, with schooling going pretty hard right now, but... We got two weeks off from school right now, and we have uh, Nottingham coming in this weekend. It's going to be going to be quite a battle, I think. They've been one of the best teams all year. I think they kind of a slower second half, and they kind of dropped the standings a little bit. But so do we. So we end up playing each other, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be a hard fought battle for sure. And I, I think we have to bring our A game if we want to get to that final four week. And I really want to get there. The last twenty games uh, for the Giants have been up and down. Um, more oh, getting hit bad doors from everybody coming outside now. Uh, but it's been up and down. But uh, obviously, you know, four one-off games basically. I know it's a, a doubleheader against Nottingham, but uh, it's still it's four games away from another championship. Exactly, and that's what we're looking at. It's, it's playoff time. This is the time the time here you want to be playing hockey in April. This is what you want. So it's uh, we're excited about it for sure. It's it's going to be hard, like I said, and um, we'll see how this plays out. Uh, we're doing a fan interview here now for uh, a view from the bridge. Uh, we have three members of the Boomerang Corner: uh, John Smith, Liam McSherry, and LC. She's a newcomer this year. She nearly tried to wipe out Steve Savannah with a door a few seconds ago. I'm sorry, uh, Savvy. I'm really sorry. There you go. That half-hearted uh, excuse for a, an apology there. Uh, John, obviously, you know you were in Cardiff um, this season to watch the, the Challenge Cup being won, um, and uh, I'm sure you had a few sherries after as well. Yeah, it's one of those games that you'll you'll never forget. Uh, we've been through a lot of hardships as a, as a fan base. We've lost a lot of finals on home ice. We've we've uh, lost playoff finals to Jordan Fox. We've lost in the Drew Fatta, you know. So when Darcy Murph puts puck in the net, you go five to up. You like you, you're pretty happy with how that goes, you know. I, I threw a few pints around, boys. I'm really sorry, anybody listening out there that you know endured that, but I. I'm not really sorry. You took the pint out of my hand and said, sorry, I need this, and threw it. <laughs> I threw, yeah, but, you know, they're, they're, they're the kind of games that we live for as a fan base, you know. And I don't know if these, these players that will ever appreciate how much these, these games mean to us as a small fan base, but I... It was great. It was a great time to be there. We had a great time. Liam, again, you were alongside John, and and uh, the, the weekend itself was was outstanding. And, uh, and you know that it was a lot of hardship getting there as well. I mean, I know people left on the Friday. I know people left on Saturday, um, and obviously I left on Sunday morning. Got there, but the uh, you know all the troubles we went through to get to the Challenge Cup final, and the guys made it worthwhile. It's testament to what it means to this city. You know, there were there was guys that were changing flights, flying to any airport that they could get to, traveling, getting picked up by Cardiff fans at the airport just to go and watch the guys. And you know, there was a load of people that were saying that, oh, you know, Cardiff are the favourites. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. But like from the puck drop, you could literally sense that it was our night. I think like from the puck drop, we went one 0 down. I wasn't even worried. Like the boys looked super hungry, and I think that's down to the fans. I think that's what spurred the guys on. That's what took them over the line. You know, seeing seeing that kind of response and uh, and doing it for the, for the fans. LC, it's your first year as a Giants fan, um, and 
you're you're straight into the corner, a boomerang corner there at the minute. How are you fine? Thanks. Oh, yeah, I'm a total glory hunter. I've turned up and used have won a cup. Yeah. <laughs> well, where were you like, three or four years ago? Uh, I wasn't living in the country at the time. <laughs> sorry. Um, the boomerang corner has been so welcoming and like so lovely to me. Like this community is fantastic. Like as Liam was saying, people's flights got cancelled and. Cardiff fans were like offering people lifts from the airports and everything. It was I bet they're not too happy about that now. Probably not, no. <laughs> <laughs> but they've been such a lovely, welcoming community, and I'm just so impressed by what this fan base does for uh, charities and all the wee kids that come to the games and stuff. It's been really, really lovely being a part of it, and so much so that I went straight home from Cardiff and bought a season ticket. I'll be back next year. I am sold on the Giants. Well, there you go. If that's a, a testament to basically getting involved, that's outstanding. Nottingham this weekend um, what's your thoughts on that Liam? Um, over if it was Steelers or Panthers I would take the Panthers um, we've proved this season that we can do them and I think we can do them over two legs I just really hope that Kiefer can kind of summon that kind of challenge cup spirit you know that kind of lay it all on the line every player seemed to buy in that's what we need for this this quarter final I'm going to Nottingham for the for the playoffs for the first time in a long time, so I want to see the boys there. John boy, what's your story? Um, yeah, I, I echo the sentiments that Liam said. I, I would prefer the Panthers. Uh, the only thing that would be wary of we we probably need to be maybe two three goals up going into that second leg. Uh, it's Clarky's last game over there in Nottingham. It's Corey's last game. You know they're going to pack out that building. They're hard to beat in the NIC, but I. Sebastian Sylvester on his form he scored a hat-trick our last like, like last game we were there so I think I think we'll be okay I, I do think we'll be in the final four I do 100% LC you've got the final word I, I don't know what you want me to say hello <laughs> do thanks very much <laughs> We're joined by Eric Porter, the uh, chairman of the board of the Odyssey Trust. Uh, Eric, uh, the awards dinner tonight, big crowd turned out uh, to show their appreciation for the team that the, obviously the Challenge Cup champions this year, but maybe another trophy in the bag before the end of the season? Oh, I, I so hope so. I mean, you, the, the response of the of the crowd tonight, the support for the team, uh, and there's no doubt how much they really appreciated that uh, the team had brought home the Challenge Cup to Belfast. So uh, I think... It's, I think was it Steve Saviano maybe who said on our night we can beat anybody um, and I think that's the exciting thing because you know sport you know things can go just a little bit you can, they're up with the green and maybe it doesn't quite work but I think what's really really important what everybody wants is you know you have a chance nobody can guarantee anything you you won't win all the time but you want to be in there with a, with a serious genuine chance that you could do it if things go well and there aren't injuries and maybe a wee bit of luck at the right time and, and we absolutely could do this that doesn't mean to say we will but from the fans point of view you know it's a chance and it's a, it's a decent chance because uh, on the night I think the Giants can beat anybody Bringing that Challenge Cup back from Cardiff this year and, and obviously what does it mean to the Odyssey Trust and the support that you guys have given this team and these fans over the last number of years Well the Giants is so important to the city of Belfast. In many ways, I think it is the single most uh, 
it's the biggest thing that we do in terms of reaching out to the community uh, the, the visits to the schools the hospitals that they do all of that good stuff it's done through the Giants um, if we hadn't had the Giants we wouldn't have a friendship for we wouldn't have the college teams coming over we wouldn't have all the school kids coming to support them uh, we wouldn't have had the world championships so we the Giants allow us to do so much um, they just the SSC Arena and the Odyssey Trust would not be the same organisation without the Giants. They are hugely important to us. And moving forward, I know Robert Fitzpatrick has he said before about potentially another ice pad and to, to grow the sport in Northern Ireland and the island of Ireland as a whole, it is very, very important to try and get the extra ice pads in place. Yes. Uh, I mean, the only place to go public skating is in Donald at the moment. Uh, and I am a passionate supporter of it. Uh, but I, I mean, an ice rink is a, it's a major investment. Um, and but we need to what we can bring to it is the expertise, and we know we can run an ice rink. We know we could ma- manage the running costs. We know it would it would be an investment that we can grow and use. But uh, it's a big investment, and we would need support, sponsorship, money from government, sports council. You know, we'll have to find a way. But what we can do is bring our expertise. And, and put up put plans together and, and lobby for it and, and show how it would work and, and try and persuade people that this is of what it can do for the city, for Belfast. It's a great location right in the heart of the city, accessible to everybody. Uh, it's on the new route of the new uh, rapid transit uh, that's coming into the city. So this is it's going to take a little while, but uh, you know we're going to start working hard on it. Sounds like you're making the right steps towards it anyway. We're doing our very best. Um, 56 game season uh, over in Dunmouth um, probably not the, the ending that you wanted the disappointing end of the season but uh, a trophy in the cabinet already and potentially another one up for grabs yeah I mean certainly we always want to win the league and I think uh, you know that league uh, the run that Cardiff had there with that 17 game stretch really put a lot of distance between them and we had our chance to close that gap there and then it was a real tough doubleheader. Uh, really took a lot of the wind out of our sails, it seemed, and uh, we were unable to really gain a solid form after that. And, um, but we picked ourselves up and dusted ourselves off and got the Challenge Cup win, which I know that the guys are really focused on that one, and um, was really happy that we got that one. And now that the season's over and we know who we're facing, uh, you know, all the focus turns to the playoffs and. Uh, I know that we have a team that, that that's going to compete for sure. So uh, we need to we need to stay smart and stay disciplined. Those four games uh, upcoming, potentially two against the Nottingham Panthers this Friday and Sunday. Uh, it's a team you've had success against this year. It's been a real battle in games as well. They get off to a good start against us with the first two wins in the NIC. Uh, but uh, you, you know they're there for the taking. And if your team turn up, then you know you'd be very confident. Yeah, exactly. That's why we weren't too worried about who we were going to play you know nobody could really decide that it was it was going to come down to all the results from all the different matches on the weekend and uh we just focus on ourselves you know, when we're the best version of ourselves uh i'm not too concerned uh you know, so if we can focus on that and make sure that we're good going into friday then uh i'm confident that we'll get the job done 
Um, but in saying that, you know, Nottingham Panthers are, are a very experienced side with a, a quality coach and, and a bunch of guys that have won that trophy in the playoffs before. So you know, we're playing against a team that's very, very capable of winning the playoffs. And, and we need to go into it with that mindset that uh, we need to get our best or, or they'll sting us and, and take that away from us. We're at the awards dinner tonight. Um, big, big crowd here. It just goes to show the support that these fans have for you and your team. And, uh, and they'll be uh, obviously pushing you on for success in the playoff final as well. Yeah, and they've been there all season long. Been a big uh, support net for our, our group. And, uh, you know, the players appreciate all, all the support that they see when they get it on the ice. I'm telling you, I've done it before. And uh, unfortunately not this season. But uh, I've put, pulled the jersey on and, and stepped out onto that uh SSE ice, and uh, you know when your, your crowd's as good as they are, it really uh, gives you that extra little adrenaline rush that you need at home. And um, you know we'll be looking for the same on Friday, and uh, no doubt that our guys will come out and, and, and make the city proud. Thanks everybody for that, um, David. Let's start off with the, the the main award of the evening, the Abuse in the Bridge Player of the Month award for Ethan McLean. It was really lovely to be involved in a little way in that, wasn't it, Paddy? Um a no-brainer decision for us. Um, we sat down, obviously, over the last week before we usually put our our Twitter poll out and said, like, let's just do it. It's, it's, it's the right thing to do. Fantastic that he got presented by his mate, Darcy Murphy. Thank you, Darcy, for doing that for us and Simon for organising it all. But, you know, to see Ethan running up there, to see his mum and dad and stuff saying, they heard the name being called out and they're like, oh, who's, who's that? And then it suddenly sinks in and you see little Ethan sort of, like a boss, walking up there, getting his hands in the trophy, Absolutely um, taking the plaudits, the cheer from the crowd was sensational, and goosebumps, man, absolute goosebumps watching that back, and so, so pleased we did it, I hope that he gets taken the trophy, to, said his dad, take the trophy to school, show your mates, keep it clean, we need it back in September, <laughs> but absolutely so well deserved, to see him on the ice after the Challenge Cup final with a medal around his neck, young Blake there beside him as well, that we can be involved in the tiniest, tiniest way in these kids' lives and who these kids and their families have such a challenging time. If we can put one smile on one kid's face sitting up here at eleven o'clock on a Tuesday night talking about hockey is worth it. Simon, you were in the you were in the room when it when it was handed out. What do you think? It was brilliant. He got a round of applause and he got a stand ovation. Um, you know, and and he sprinted up there. He, you know, he was running through the tables as quick as he could get there. And and uh, great, as I say, magic for Darcy to present that. And, and uh, you know what? Uh, Davy's just said everything about it. It's just, it's. Uh, I feel very privileged to be part of this yeah. uh, number one podcast in the Elite League. <laughs> um, and uh, very privileged to be part of that moment last night for young Ethan. He was. I went over and got a photograph with him and, and, and tweeted it out. I can't remember it was this morning or last night. Um, but, uh, no, it's, dude, you know what? It's, it's fantastic. And obviously Blake won it last year, uh, in March. Uh, Ethan won it this year. And, uh, um, the coveted award is, is, as I say, some of the players were raging last night that didn't get that one. So, hmm. um, great. It's great to be involved. And, uh, if I say, if, if we can do something as, as minute as that, it, it might not be a hell of a lot to some of the guys like us or, or others, but, um, it's a massive, massive effect. Uh, and you've seen the smile on, on the wee man's face. Bet Darcy Murphy thought he was getting it. Uh, do you know what? When his name was called out, Darcy was walking up going, oh my God, am I getting something? <laughs> so, you know, he had, he had literally walked right past me to get up to the stage. But, um, you know, just, I mean, as I say, Davey put a, 
um, the, the script again. You could see everybody around there. I was looking around the room at the time. To be honest, I actually didn't know where Ethan was sitting. I'd, actually, I'd said to Brooksy, Brooksy, is Ethan here? And he says, yeah, yeah, he's definitely here. I said, well, where is he? Because I wanted to make sure I got the video ready so I, can, you know, I didn't know which way he was going to be coming from. And Br- Brooksy was pointing out where he was. And uh, and then when he came running up, I'm sitting going, oh, brilliant. We got the, got, managed to get the video out in time and, and uh, keep everybody away from getting in front of us. But, yeah, fantastic uh, gesture by by AVFTB. And, um, and you know, it's, it's just fantastic to see the wee man over in the absolute. He was ecstatic last night. And then he was... The best part about it, he was he was out showing uh, Chris Trula's dance moves. Um, you know, everybody was on the dance floor watching him doing his dance moves. Um, and again, he was celebrating um, getting the AVFTB Player of the Month. Well, the uh, the onus is on you, Ethan. You need to look after that trophy because we'll need it back, as Davey says, in September. Keep it nice and clean, and uh, we'll we'll see who gets to gets to take it off you come September time. That's Ethan becomes the eighth and final winner of the Aviation the Bridge Player of the Month trophy for this season. Thanks very much to Phonocab for their sponsorship of the award, and we'll be passing it out once again when the season comes around in September. Um. Looking at those awards, Davey, just briefly, is any one in particular stand out to you? Give us them again there, Paddy. So you got Jackson Whistle, the adult member, the adult members, sorry, Jackson Whistle Player of the Year from the, the junior and the adult members of the Sporters uh, Club. You've got uh, Sebastian Sylvester, leading scorer. You've got him as Forward of the Year. Spear Galakos is the fan's favourite award. Uh, Gordy Cameron, Special Recognition Award. Blair Riley, President's Award. Unsung Hero, Branda Benedict. Players Player of the Year, Jonathan Ferland. That's the one actually stands out to me, and I think it's something we discussed, we discussed earlier in the year. Uh, Coaches Player of the Year was John Kurtz, and Most Valuable Player was Steve Saviano. That's pretty hard to argue, mm-hmm. you know, with any of them. Benny, getting on Song Hero, looks after the travel coordination and all that there. So, you know, Benny be very, very highly thought of by his teammates, and a top guy as well. You know, when, when Omi's been on the podcast here, we, we get the old cup of tea with him, top, top lad. And, mm-hmm. You know, Spiro, you know, great season. Martinelli hits blocks. You know, looks after shop. Has given up a lot of personal stuff this year to play in every single game that the Belfast Giants have taken part in so far. You know, touch wood for him going going into the playoffs here. Jackson Whistle has had to carry, as we said earlier in the show, the the load of goaltending. You know, last season Jackson and, and Murph split weekends. One we play Saturday, one we play Sunday, whatever. You know, alternate games and trying to find out. You know who's going to be the number one, and but they shared that load. So over sixty games, thirty eight. But you know Jackson's maybe in the fifty games this season already, and you know he wouldn't have expected to do that. Blair Riley, obviously very active in the in the community, um, getting the presidents award. That'll be a nice one to, to look back on the Jim Gillespie award. Can you argue with Sal as MVP? How important he is? Shorthanded, you know, on the penalty kill. Is there anyone that works harder on that team on the PK? Yes, they all work hard, but Sal is a you know, as a guy out there who who works exceptionally hard. What other ones do you have there? You had um, Curtsy as somebody in a bit of a mold of an Adam Keith getting the coaches player of the year. And as you say, players player of the year, that's the one that, you know, football players want. That's the one that hockey players want. You want the recognition of your peers and your teammates. And hard to argue, Freddie's been really, really good in the face-off circle. He has hit like a truck all season long. Can't wait to see him back in town. Says, I absolutely agree. You know, it's always nice to be uh, thought of as a player um, by the uh, the fans, and, and you know, great for Spiro to get that fans 
uh, appreciation um, fans' favourite award. But Jonathan Ferland for me being be uh, being voted for by your peers, um, your teammates who have been there all year with you every single game, all on the road, uh, and getting that one that's probably the the uh, the biggest one of the night for me. But there was one which wasn't mentioned in that list, David or Paddy. Um, Adam kept uh, made sure he managed to get his hand on one of the extra um, medals from the Challenge Cup game. Um, he got it framed and he asked John Small to come up um, and presented it uh, to John uh, to make sure it was passed on to Jim Gillespie, which That's I thought was really, really touch. Fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. That's really nice to hear. Um, but yes, all those awards were handed out last night. We've still got the, uh, the voting. I think well, the voting will be closed by the time this goes out, but for the player of the C, the KOTG MVP award, um, we've already had most, uh, well over a hundred votes so far and still, still some coming in that I have to count. Uh, and we'll be hopefully handing that out forthwith. Um, let's look around the league, gentlemen. Um, let's start with the playoff matchups. We obviously, we obviously face the Nottingham Panthers, the Sheffield Steelers will take on the Guildford Flames, the Manchester Storm will take on the Five Flyers, and the Cardiff Devils will take on the Coventry Blaze. Um start off with just saying about the Coventry Blaze says, you know, that that was a real fight against the Bray Clan. The clan had it in their own hands to try to reach that playoff finals. Or sorry, the play the, the, the final eight. Um Nottingham went up there to take them on. A few people casting dispersions as to whether two Neil Black teams and with Brayhead going after, going after the, uh, the, the playoffs that whether the Nottingham Panthers would put a shift in. They did. They took the win and more or less eliminated the Brayhead clan. Um, we have heard in the last few days that John Tripp has parted ways and he will not be the, uh, the head coach for the Brayhead clan next season. That's another vacancy yet to be filled. That's three vacancies yet to be filled within the elite league, uh, but your thoughts on that fight and the, and that the Coventry players made that eighth place? Yeah, for a play to them, you know they worked hard down the stretch and uh, and and overtook the the Brayhead clan. Who, for for me, for for their season this year has just been, you know, it's it's not acceptable for for the budget that they would have and and Neil Black that night for them and um and <laughs> I'm actually glad that they didn't make it. To be honest, you know, I don't particularly like the Brayhead clan. Um, but uh, I don't particularly like the company plays either. But out of the two of them, I think the players uh, would be get the edge from me. And I must say, you know, it, it, winning games, um, the company, the company, we haven't seen them in a long time. We played them um, at the start of the season. Um, yeah. You know, the, the, the four games out of the way before Christmas, I think it was. But um, you know, it's uh, you know they always seem to come out towards the end of the season. You know, down the stretch, put a good playoff run together. I mean, I think they came. Did they come seventh the year they won it about three years ago? Like they came seventh. They the were one of the, they were on the lower seeds, and then they come out and they ended up winning the bloody thing. So um, you know they've got good goaltending. Nasty looks a good goalie and and uh, maybe hitting peak at the right time. And and do you expect them to go on? And I mean, I'm sure you're probably asked us who's going to go through. But, uh, well, I'm um, saving that for a moment. Yeah, they're they're going to have a tough tough uh, series against. Uh, Actually, when I say series, it's two bloody games. But, um, you know, two games against Cardiff Devils, who, you know, we all know what they have to bring to the table. Davey, you know, 
there are four teams at the bottom now because it's obviously a 12 team league. So more of a, okay, we'll take, unfortunately, we'll take the Adam McCapples out of that discussion. So three teams that are, the, there were real, well, four teams that are in a real battle. It was Coventry that, that won out. But, um, your thoughts, are clan the real losers out in here? Yeah, but they've only themselves to blame, really. You know, obviously at the weekend there, Manchester played um, Dakes and Nets. I seen that tweet on Friday night and I lumped on the Ladbrokes. Proper, th- proper trolling from the from the the Manchester Storm. That yeah, they, they announced actually, that as sent, soon as they the more or less it was done. Yeah, I sent Finner a thank you text after my bet came in. Um, but um, you know, I, don't know, that's a bit, <laughs> I really did says. Um, it's uh, as I say, Clan have only themselves to blame, Paddy. At, at that stage, you know. They've had all season to get enough points to get in the playoffs. You leave it the last weekend of the season, you're always running that risk. And uh, Coventry, as Simon said, there over a number of years, come very strong. Sell t-shirts on the back of it. That that is <laughs> that is a bit of a you know, I know Robin all down there, but you know, this is a this is a a pretty decent EIHL franchise. This, this team has won it all. They've, they've won leagues. I know now it's a number of years, but. Selling, you know, we've qualified for the playoff T-shirts isn't great. Um, but that aside, you know, there's some big matchups. Can Coventry get back past Cardiff? I don't see it. To be honest, I think Cardiff will be tuned in. Listen to an interview with Andrew Lord earlier there with uh, with John Donovan, and it was pretty clear that they've got their eyes on the prize there. So you know, it's going to be very difficult for Coventry to come through that. Where did Clan go from this? Well, trip Trip is now gone. They're they're going to be re- trying to re-recruit. You said you know, they were they they came in badly. They came in short-handed. They didn't really put their team together. Trip never really found his feet in that job. It's a it's a position where you know the Clan finished second not that long ago. They were really battling. They were Gardner Cup champions that they started the season as the uh, quote champions of Scotland having won the inaugural elite league Scottish Cup where's it gone wrong and, and and how did Gareth and the team get it right well it's been a bit of a revolving door policy at um, Brayhead since the inception of the franchise you know they certainly went through in their first number of seasons it was a new coach every season and sometimes two coaches a season and you know, Finner did seem to have brought a little stability there that won the that won a conference and that qualified for Europe, didn't they? They did play in Europe, didn't they? They did, they were playing the CHL. Yeah, so, you know, they, they've done well. Brought Tripp in, a guy from outside the league, which we're always crying for, um, with a lot of experience in European hockey, and it just didn't work for him. Um, got to put it down to recruitment. Um, you know, at the end of the day, as you say, they started the season late on bodies and stuff, and then never really got caught up. They probably weren't expecting Fife just to, to make the sort of rallying season that they made, but uh, really for a club that's selling out their rink every single week, big fan base, decent money coming through the door, backstopped by the Blacks obviously there, you know, they're not going to be happy either and they're quick to make changes. So it'll be very interesting who they um, who they put behind the bench next season. Simon, you've got, as I said, you've got three vacancies now there with, with Milton Keynes, the Nottingham Panthers and the, uh, and now Brayhead clan with, uh, with managerial or coaching vacancies to be filled. Uh, where do you see these positions being filled from? Because they'll, they'll not all be filled from, from within, let's say. Milton Keynes have got the guy on board, haven't they? Oh, they do, sorry. Oh, so. Teal fatigue, Paddy. That is teal fatigue, but yes, okay, fair enough. I'll take that on the chin. So two of them. So you've Nottingham Panthers and the and uh, Nottingham Panthers and the Brayhead clan. Neil Black's gonna be working very hard to fill those positions. Maybe maybe they'll just swap coaches. <laughs> um, the uh, 
you know, the Nottingham Panthers, um, you know, we, we all know that the, the budget they have is pretty big, and I expect them to bring a big name in. Um, I, I would expect probably somebody from North America coming in to do that. Um, you know, David Clark was, was mentioned to do it, and he, the interview that he put out there a few weeks ago was, uh, you know, he's maybe going to take a bit of time away from the rank and, um, and, you know, not concentrating and obviously concentrating his, on his school academy or sorry, kids academies and what have you. Um, so I don't see him doing that, jumping straight into a coaching role. But, um, Bray Head, again, you know, there's, I've heard of a couple names being bandied about, but, um, I'll just have to wait and see who the pick. And to be honest, I couldn't really care less. <laughs> the other news, the, was announced this week that the BBC will once again be carrying the, the final of the, uh, the predictor bet playoffs, um, like they did last season. I believe that the semi-finals should be on EIHL TV, like they were. I think they'll be, uh, they'll be charged for, uh, as a subscription, uh, on that. But yes, the, the, probably on the red button, you'll, you'll, you'll find that the, uh, the final will be on Davy. And, um, well, considering I would like to have seen the, the Challenge Cup final there, but you can't knock the fact that once again, we'll have a, we'll have a, a major broadcaster covering the showpiece final. Brilliant, brilliant for the sport and a bit of visibility, and especially around that weekend when the barn will be packed out. Disappointing for this weekend that uh, unless you can get yourself to Nottingham on, on Sunday, there will be zero coverage of, uh, you know, unless you want to follow Twitter feeds. Like, you know, it's, it's a nonsense. I, I really wish the Nottingham Panthers would come out of the dark ages. Yeah, I think so. Says, have you got the call to do the commentary? Uh, yeah, I'm doing Saturday night. Um... No, I mean for the final. No, sure. <laughs> the uh, they don't like passion. Apparently, it's BBC let them get on with what they're doing. So I don't know who's going to be doing it. But um, the for me, it's it's again. I agree with Davey. I know. I know that I spoke to Dave McCammon last night to say if there's any way we can even get it on downtown radio. Like we've done a few games before. Davey or Paddy, you did one with me in in Manchester mm-hmm. last season. Yeah. Um, but uh, Nottingham said no. So you know it's. It's it's a bit you know I, I was looking at flights to get over they're not cheap this weekend and you know it's it's uh, it's expensive weekend to travel because it's Easter and um and it's you know it's difficult to they head away at that time of the year as well so it's um it's a bit of a pain in the backside but it's uh it's great to have the 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 viewing being shown on BBC uh, website and um and I think it's a red button for the for the final but again semi finals are being I think are just going to go out on the website or webcast sorry. Yep. So uh, just have to wait and see what happens. We'll give you more information on that as next weekend once we, once it all comes through. Um, one last note, I'm not going to ask you a question, it's just one that came through, the fact that the Nottingham Panthers had their awards dinner tonight. If you've not seen the photographs, well worth going on Twitter and having a look at some of the jackets that are being worn. Um, <laughs> and one of the main announcements was that the GMB, who have sponsored the Panthers for like ever, are now going to be not supporting the, sorry, not being the main title sponsor for the Panthers, but they'll be, do, they'll be sponsoring the community program. The new title for the sponsor for the Nottingham Panthers is the Nottingham Building Society, and they have announced there have been there's been a hashtag going around from the Nottingham Panthers in Panthers New Era, and the announcement is that the Nottingham Panthers next season will be known as drumroll the Nottingham Panthers. Uh, absolutely outstanding, outstanding. I think that's it's, that's a name, come up with that. That's I don't know. It's, it's a absolutely it's a, genius. It's, it's not it's not just Nottingham Panthers. It's the Nottingham Panthers, and uh, it's a name I'm sure will catch on. Um, speaking of which. We will be facing the regular Nottingham Panthers this f- coming weekend. It will be the quarterfinal of the predictor bet. 
EIHL Playoff Championship. Uh, the games on Friday night at the SSE Arena at 7pm and at sun- on Sunday night at 7pm, Easter Sunday night at 7pm at the NIC. The record between the Belfast Giants and the Nottingham Panthers this season stands at 6-4 in favour of the Belfast Giants. Obviously, those two of those wins being in the Challenge Cup semi-final and the rest being in the league. Um, Nottingham last weekend just scraped their way past the Edinburgh Capitals in the final game of their regular season. And the Giants obviously had that win over the Dundee Stars. Davey, I'll start with you. Um, it, uh, I was getting t- tweets and stuff from people saying the form goes out the window and stuff like that. Does it really in these sort of situations? Or given that the, given that the Belfast Giants have a winning record of the Nottingham Panthers, should they go in confident? I really hope form goes out the window because ours is 500 and that's just too, uh, too, too twitchy for me. You know, um, form does go out the, the window, but quality doesn't. You know, we've got Vandy coming back. You know, hopefully Whistle will be back in the, in between the pipes. He's missed a few games. You know, it's set to be a barnstorming finish this season. You know, Corey Nielsen's going to want to go out with a trophy or at least get into those, that final weekend. We're going to want to be in that final weekend. That's where we have to be. That's when we set out at the start of the season. You set out to win the league. You set out to win the cup, and you've set out to get to that final weekend. And you know, take your chances then at, at winning. What's what becomes a lottery then on the weekend? Two games in in less than twenty four hours. But um, discipline. You know, let's let's trot out all these cliches. Somebody gave me a bit of stick on Twitter the other week. But discipline is probably going to be our number one thing. You know, you look at us against the Cardiff Devils this season. Sixteen power play goals against us. Five goals for us. Our special teams haven't been good enough in, in big moments. Our penalty killing hasn't been what, what we're used to and our power play just has struggled. It, it, you know, the stats back that up. It's not a massive criticism, more of a, an observation. And, you know, we need to be better. So we need to stay out of the penalty box. We're not going to get that many looks. You know, the referees tend to put their whistles away a bit at this time of the season. So, you know, hopefully it'll be decided five on five. And I just think five on five, as we said earlier, I think we're, we're as good, if not better, than anything that's out there. I'm not going to put words in your mouth because I'm pretty sure these are the words you use. But but uh, says I think Davy's words. The last time we were in the NAC, we were sensational. Um, that needs to come back. Um, there have been times that over this season where, when the Giants have played, they have been sensational. And there's no well, is there a question mark over whether we can be sensational in this game? But we have really can we kill this off in the first leg? Uh, no, it'll not be killed off in the first leg. Even if you go out and let you know, four goals up like it was in the first leg of the Challenge Cup, the Nottingham Panthers can't rule them out. Um, you know, they're, they're a strong side and they've got some really good players. Uh, they've got, from the start of the season, the way they come into the CHL, um, you know, arguably the, the two top goalies in the league, uh, the playing the two import goalies, which, you know, they, they seem to play every single night anyway. So I haven't given a chance to young Sam Gospel, but... Um, no, I don't think you can rule them out, Paddy. Um, I think it's going to be a really difficult task this weekend. Um, one which we, we can't afford not to turn up. We know we need all our guys rolling. We all need good goaltending from whoever it is in net. We'll need, uh, the guys on the back end to, to be, you know, to, to be doing their, their roles, what they're putting in for them. We need the forwards to come back and cover their wingers. The Nottingham Panthers, are really good down low. They, you know, they, when they get the puck in your end, they control it really, really well. Um, they, they always seem to find that little bit of space to, 
to uh, put the, the shots on target and and you know we we've made it difficult for him to get into the middle uh, this year and we need to do that again um, come Friday night and then obviously Sunday night. It's interesting the, the terminology you use. I'm not having a go at you, mate, but it's like it's the fact that you say we can't afford not to turn up, Davy. Is it a case that there must be a positive side to this? We seem to be focusing on the fact that we're trying to drag a team who you say are 500 back into that sort of performance that we saw earlier in this season. This is a good team. Um, absolutely. I think that our best two performances of the season for me were one, the Challenge Cup final, where we hit everything and we finished every check. We, and, you know, we blocked shots. We did all the things that we needed to do on the night. But, and the other performance being the Challenge Cup semi final first leg where we're 1 5 1 in Nottingham and we were absolutely brilliant. We went in there with a game plan to look after Jackson Whistle, look after defense, stay disciplined and let our offense take care of itself because we know we've got offensive talent with three lines there that can score at will almost. So that's what we've got to do. We've got to go back with that game plan, but probably have that game plan in Belfast as well. Build a playoff final weekend appearance on defense. It is winner stays on from here on in. The Nottingham Panthers visit the SSE Arena on Friday night. 7 p.m. and then we go there at 7 p.m. on Easter Sunday. And whoever comes out of that will go into those final four. Speaking of those final four, gentlemen, let's get who you think will actually reach it next weekend and we'll, we'll judge it based on uh, who you say. We'll judge it next weekend, see who was right. I'll start with you, Mr. Kitchen. Who do you think will reach oh, oh, the Oh, back up, back up. Heads or tails, David? Hold on, well, I'll do the heads or tails. It's Paddy's show. That's it. Well, it's not my show, it's our show. We've talked about this before. The, uh, don't, don't, you're starting to sound like Neil Russell. The, um, Behave yourself. The, um, okay, hold on. Ready? Davy heads or tails? Uh, Queen's head. It is the Queen's head. Do we, I do first or second? Um, I, I go, I go second. Okay, Mr. Kitchen. Pint on this season in, uh, in the orange and white bar. If we Say it again. Pint on the, on who gets the most right here. Yes, absolutely. No problem. Mr. Kitchen, you're up. Which one first? Yep. Who's going to be your your for who's no who's give us your give us your four? Okay. Um, Cardiff. Cardiff. Sheffield. Sheffield. If Fife's goalie's back, which I'm hoping he is, and they get Ian Young back, which I'm hearing they might be. I think that'll be... I'll come back to that one, actually. Um, Belfast. Belfast. One more to give us. You, you can't put a caveat. It has to be a solid decision. I'd really like to say Fife. Are you going to say Fife? No, I'm going to say Manchester. You're going to say Manchester. Okay, so that would, that would actually make the semi-finals... Cardiff against Belfast and Sheffield against Manchester. David. Right, give us the lineups there. So it's Cardiff against Coventry. Cardiff against Coventry. I think Cardiff take that one down. Manchester against Fife. Oh, um, which order are, the, are the, um, the games played in? Uh, they, they go to Fife on Saturday and they play in Manchester on Sunday. Um, I think Manchester. Manchester. <laughs> Sheffield against the Guildford Flames. Oh, 
come on, Guildford. Oh. Heart, heart, heart says Guildford. Head says Sheffield. And the actual but decision I'm, is... I'm an emotional guy. I'm going with Guildford. Guildford. And then Belfast Giants against the Nottingham Panthers. I'm just writing Belfast. I can only count on it's one result there, Patrick. Yeah, Belfast. All right. I'm going to say Cardiff. I'm going to say Sheffield. I'm going to annoy some people and say Fife and Belfast. I agree with you. I, I, I'm not sure, so sure. I know that there's there's talk of replacement goalies and all sorts going on in Fife. They're a good side. Um, Manchester having Manchester doing the bus travel twice. They are excellent in their home barn, but. Um, are they are they night after night? Are they back to back? Are yeah. they playing for the eight? Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, Saturday. and Kirkcaldy, Sunday at the Drizzle Dome. But uh yeah, I'll I'll will will probably come back and bite me, but I'm going for five. So therefore we've got says Cardiff, Sheffield, Manchester, Belfast, Davy, Cardiff, Guildford, Manchester, Belfast, and I've got Cardiff, Sheffield, Fife, and Belfast. We'll revisit them next week. Um any other business, gentlemen? Yeah, we want to go first. Don't have anything, man. I have one. Um, it's about the. I, I don't know. I don't think we mentioned it. The Ice Academy. Um, I mentioned that the, yet, no. the guys, the guys graduated today. Um, you know, 2018 Community Giants, which uh, it's communities and I include youth uh, and obviously the Belfast Giants, and a lot of it's been going on now for a few months and. They've been involved and we get out and out on the ice and getting coaching from Adam and Steve Thornton, uh, Shane Johnson, um, and some of the players have got involved as well. But it's not just about the, the, uh, the playing side of things and learning how to skate and learn how to play the game. They've been helping out and volunteering around the arena. Um, they've been doing, uh, uh, studies on it as well and, and getting involved throughout, um, the organization. And, and, uh, the guys actually graduated today. I was speaking to Laura Small earlier on. Um, and I just want to congratulate uh, everybody involved in that because, and again, you know, you're you're putting these uh, things together with these different organisations outside of uh, ice hockey and, and bringing people to the sport. And there's a kid who's on that program, um, and I know you can't see it at home, but when he's in the arena, he, he reminds me very much. Of, you know, like remember the guy Cameron Hughes who just goes nuts and gets everybody involved and starts dancing about. And this kid is he, he's dabbing all over the place and he's dancing all night. Um and uh trying to get him on the big screen as much as possible. But um he's he's one of the kids who's definitely a character and and uh and makes the arena a bit more um fun to be in when when uh, when he's there. But so congratulations to everybody involved and, and uh, all the kids who graduated today. Another fab initiative from the Belfast Giants, another fab through the community and, and well done to all involved. Um is that a chance? Have we got anything else for this week? No? I think that's more or less done. All right, guess well then the games against the Nottingham Panthers, as I said, Friday night, 7 p.m. at the SSE. Get yourself down there. And if you can't, you'll get them with, uh, with Sis. And uh, the Garside again on Friday. You know what? How funny would it be? And I know it's a, it's a, it's a, it'd be a lot of people wanting to watch that game. But if Belfast Giants TV didn't publicize it and didn't put it on the webcast. <laughs> I, I, I uh, personally wholeheartedly agree. Um, you know, give me a time I, just to like, watch the game instead of talking about it. If you no, but, if you don't, just just send me a direct feed, mate. I, you, I don't like not publicise it. Some of us can't watch the games at home. You know what I mean? 
we can we can put it out to anybody we want to, but um, you know, it's it, I just think that it, um, it's annoying, you know, isn't it? We can't bring ourselves down to their standards. You know what I mean? We're we're a far better organisation than that. So one hundred percent. And the and the game on Sunday, seven p.m. Easter Sunday, uh, in the NIC, it will not be webcast. We'll bring you as much coverage as we can at AVFTV, or point you in the direction of where you can get some. Um, what else have we got? Oh, a quick apology to uh, Mr. Stephen Murphy. We wanted to have him on the show this week. We did do a, an interview with him earlier. Unfortunately, we weren't able to bring you that interview because basically it just the things happen. Technical things happen and the, the, the things don't record properly. But uh, hopefully we'll get him on again very soon. Um, one more thing. Thanks to everybody who's interacted with us on Twitter and likes this week. There's been a hell of a lot going on, a hell of a lot of Twitter stuff being thrown about and, and a lot of nice things said, as I said, in the awards dinner last night. We really appreciate it. There's only a couple of weeks left and uh, we've been producing these podcasts week in, week out. And it does get tiring from time to time. But when you get such great interaction from folks on Twitter, on Facebook, and, and hear some nice things said, we got, I've had some fantastic emails over the last wee while. It's, uh, it really drives us on to do as, as much more as we possibly can. So thank you very much to everybody who sent those through. Uh, Mr. Majimsey hey. and Mr. Kitchen. Sorry, says you were just, just one thing. I don't know if you if we actually announced this. Did we come up with a stat? Um, a few weeks ago about how many people have actually interacted with us throughout this season. Did we announce that? I don't, I don't know. David? I don't know. I don't know. Well, what remember you said that, that, I do a lot of stats, but I, I don't know. No, what no, but this one, this one was particularly actually one of the ones I remembered. You said there was something like 965,000 interactions since the start of the season. Oh, that was a way. It's just going to be way over a million now. I mean, but that, that's what I was saying. I just I didn't know if you were if you'd done it up to date one or not. Because I mean, <laughs> for the whole stats, season, <clears throat> I know, Debbie, except to catch yourself on, get on top of these. <laughs> you know, say, just stay up late and do it. Um, we stay up yeah. late to do keeper stats now. If you would, you would wrap it up. <laughs> right. Well, that's 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 me done then. All right. Then. Well, yes. Thanks to everybody with regards to the interaction on Twitter, Mister McJimsey and Mister Kitchen. I'll speak to you next week. Game on. Good night, guys. Uh, Come on, Belfast, we can get through this. we got one more weekend after this. We can get to it. And wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey, and we'll catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge. Podcast Network.